we just got a drop of the way into paragraph Vav, just to remind ourselves where we are. Coming off a Pasuk in a paragraph Aleph, it's a Pasuk in Tehillim. We said that there are some two types of Seichel. We labeled them Seichel Achar and Seichel Kedem or Seichel Panem or Shefa Loiki, which we're going to see soon. And we described the difference between them that Seichel Achar is something that's built on what came before it. It's built on introductions. It's logical as it goes in progression. It's something, as we can say, within the human realm, uh, I guess. And when it comes to Shefeloiki, something that's bestowed on a person, we'll see as we go through this uh, Torah, or at least in, in terms of the summary, how a person can prepare himself, make himself into a Kli, inspire the idea that Shefeloiki uh, will come to him and that he'll be receptive to it. But Seichel Panim or Shefeloiki is something that comes to a person and it, there's a, like a rush. In other words, it's not step-by-step. Step. This, like in within the physical realm, motion creates friction, creates heat. This will create a hislavus halev from the tnuas hasechel, from this like rush of uh, of inspiration of the shefaliki as it, as it comes to a person. And it'll create a shalheves halev oila tamid me'eleha. Ideally, this is what we'd want to come to. We want to be on fire. We want to heat ourselves up. Now, how does a person make himself that he's going to be zoicha to the shefaliki? Paragraph base. Is, a person has to be Makadesh, the Sheva Neirais. We said that the Sheva Neirais are his mouth, his piv, Chatmo, the two nostrils. That's three, Ain of two eyes, Aznav, two, uh, two ears. That is the Sheva Neirais. And we described it as uh, as relates to the pet. It's a person has to be careful, has to be Shemer himself, Milohaitzi Sheker, not to utter anything false. Uh, we related to the Bechina of Chaitem. Go through the Torah, you'll, we'll, we'll describe it. And Munas Chachamim is Tali in the ears. And Yatsim Einav Mira'ais Ra, Bira, not to look at anything Ra that relates to the eyes. Further, we connected this to the mitzvah of sukkah, and we discussed the idea of the, sh- the seven anane hakavid. The mitzvah of sukkah relates to the Jews that were in huts in the midbar, but the, uh, the Gemara also relates it to the sheva anane hakavid. And we spoke about the sukkah, the Jews that were surrounded by the makifin, they, they were surrounded by the sheva anane hakavid. We spoke about, again, being makadesh, the shevaneris, and we also related uh, some of the halachas, uh, the, the halachas of sukkah, to this idea. We, th- we further related th- this idea of the Ruach HaKadosh Efeleiki into a Bechina of Makifin. And we said that there are uh, ideas, there's, there's different levels of ideas. There's something that's uh, inside of a person, something that a person's able to integrate, something that a person can relate to himself. Agav, uh, I one time heard, I think it was from Rav Yaakov Weinberg, might have been from Noah Heinberg, it was actually on a tape. Uh, and he was describing whichever with the Rosh Hashiva, whichever Rosh Hashiva it was, but it, it was uh, Rav Weinberg, the, whichever Rav Weinberg was describing the idea, a person, the Gemara tells us that to learn something, even to be considered learning, a person has to learn it four times. Does that mean just to repeat back something four times? He said, no, the, we relate to it like the process of cultivating wheat, the staff of life. How does a person make wheat? First, they have to plow the ground. They have to make the ground receptive even to receiving the seed. There's a process over there. Then you plant the seed. Once it's receptive, you put the idea in. Once the seed is there, it grows produce, and you have to harvest it. After you harvest it, you take it in, so then you eat it. Then not only do you relate it to yourself, but you're able to integrate it. You're able to make it part of yourself, and then you go on. Uh, you're able to go on to the next stage. Now that you're holding on, uh, holding in a different place, now you can move forward. So we're talking about ideas, information, inspiration, 
ultimately getting uh, it's it's a uh, it's a infinite process getting closer to the ms to relating to a kaddish baruch Hu. but we we discussed it that there's the idea of makifin as there's something that's you relate to but it's beyond you to actually incorporate into yourself you get closer until you're able to relate to that information you could take the makifin and make them pnim so there could be makifin there could be makifin of makifin something that you don't even let alone something that you're able to integrate into yourself something that you don't even have a relationship with with. Uh, there's something that you can relate to, but it's it's still beyond you. And then something as you take it in, it's it becomes pnimi. And this is a process with uh, with it, it scales. This is a process that has layers. And the idea of the of something that is makifin. We we explained the idea of yidia and bechira. The idea, and we went into this actually. I think it was in the second year. We really explored the idea of yidia and bechira, not necessarily to give any answers, but at least to appreciate the question of understanding why this is the quintessential uh, idea of something that we don't understand and something that we understand that we don't understand to the point that it doesn't bother us. Uh, the I, the idea of the gap between yidia and bechira. What had that Hakadosh Baruch Hu, at the most simplest level, we could say that Hakadosh Baruch Hu knows what's going to happen, and yet that we still have Bechira at the time. So two ideas. First of all, we express the idea that the Seichel Pnimi is Yuso Me'amakif Hazeh. First of all, the idea, the, the fact that there's something that's beyond us, that really in, in a certain sense, we're, we're sliding on a spectrum, right? So uh, on the idea of ultimately moving towards absolute truth, towards understanding our Kaddish Baruch Hu, there's always going to be those things that, we, that, that we're able to integrate, we're able to understand with our Kalim, and then those things that are slightly beyond us, they represent truth, absolute truth, but something that we have not yet necessarily grown into, and we see in the human realm also, whether in terms of maturity, emotional maturity, intellectual maturity, life experience, there are always ideas and different elements of the world that we are able to to grow into, but even those pieces that we are able to grasp, they're really part of a greater truth. So the Seichel Pnimi really, in a certain sense, gets its chiyas from what's above it. It all represents one continuum. If a person were to take those things that were beyond him and say, not that this is a, sort of part of a truth, like if you can imagine a funnel going into a bottle, there's the part that's in the bottle, and then the part that, as the funnel branches out, it's something that it's part of the liquid that's going to go into the bottle, but it's not yet inside of it. If a person says, that it's something that I have not yet reached. That's one thing. If a person says, this is something, not that I don't understand, it's something that makes no sense, then in a certain sense, they're also cutting off the chiyos, even of what's pnimi. I think one way to understand this, this is just my suggestion, is if I am able to understand that there's a greater truth, there's a relationship with the Ein Sof, with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, with Taira, and whatever I'm zoichet to grasp, so that I'm able to apply to myself, that could be Pnimi. If I cut myself off from anything that I don't understand, then essentially what I'm saying is, even those parts that I do understand are not really uh, the, the, I'm not understanding them and relating to them as Taira, as MS, as the Yisrael Rice of Akut Shebrechu Chadhu, that I'm relating to Akadosh Baruch Hu, but really I only relate to information to the extent that I understand it. In a sense, I'm only almost being Megushim, ideas of the Taira. I'm saying that it's not that it's something that's Nitzchi, right? I heard once a, a beautiful Vard, it said there's Chukim and Mishpatim, the mitzvahs that, so to speak, make sense to us and the ones that we have no relationship with. Really, we th- we think that mishpatim are easy because we understand them, and chukim are hard. And and I believe it was B'shem Rav Yerucham. I'm not sure he said that. Really, chukim are easy. We understand that this is something that Hakadosh Baruch Hu tells us represents the greater emes. It's a mitzvah. It's part of Taira, and we do it. 
that we understand when it comes to mishpatim, the idea that we have to understand that mishpatim also are das, are, are das of a kaddish baruch hu, their Torah, their mitzvahs, and even though we have a personal relationship with it, no, we shouldn't get confused by it. That's because a kaddish baruch hu gave us a certain interface whereby we are able to relate to it also in this world, also in our terms. But that doesn't take away. That's not that these are the human understanding mitzvahs and those are the hakadosh baruch hu mitzvahs. They're all hakadosh baruch hu mitzvahs. Mishpatim are the ones that also within the dynamic and the world set up. Also, it makes sense. Don't kill. Don't steal. Because there's also the implications of building a society. And, and we understand it at that level. But the truth is, is that all Tyra, all mitzvahs, is really godly wisdom. So if we cut ourselves off from the Seichel Hamakif, if we cut ourselves off from those things that are outside of us, and we say we only relate to things that we understand, then really you're saying that we don't relate to Tyra at all. We relate, we, we're cutting off the Chiyas, even of the Seichel Pnimi, and we're saying we only, we only relate to things that we understand. So we we addressed the idea in Bechira in terms of the quintessential makif, and we said that that we will understand this uh, this. Uh, dynamic between Yidi and Bechira, and ultimately, once we're able to understand that, really, the idea of free will will become battle, and at that stage, we will no longer have Bechira. Now, in paragraph Hey, we moved into understanding this idea in the context of Kedushin, of the, the seven days of Sheva Brachis, and also the other side, the seven days of Avelus, and just interestingly, to make a, uh, a point that I think we've made before, when it comes to Hasidus, it comes to Pnimius. So somebody who is not familiar with the ways of Hasidus, the ways of, uh, of, uh, of this type of alimud, will say, wait a second, that's not pshat. Are you telling me that's what it really means? But at my understanding, as we understand Chachmas HaPnimius and we understand Hasidus, we say that, no, the world has a certain structure. Kaddish Baruch Hu created a certain Shir Kaima, as it were, of the world. The, if you were to understand let's say, the rate of growth. I think this is one example I heard, I don't remember what it was for, from Varan Lopiansky on a, on a recorded shear. said, let's say you understood the way that things multiply, the way that things grow. You could apply that to the rate the, of money in a bank account. You could apply that to the rate that mold or a fungus might grow on a log. You can relate it to other types of organisms. It's something that's built into the Bria. And now, when you strip away, as you take like a certain you know branch, there's a, there's a, a branch over here, and that goes into a leaf. But the more that you go towards the nucleus, the more everything is really a different manifestation of a certain inner reality. Once you understand, so it's a question of whether you're sort of like from the outside looking in or the inside looking out. Once you're able to go all the way to the inside and uncover a kernel of truth, now you can test it where you can now look back out and say, oh, look, this idea, uh, th- this framework on which the world is founded, this represents itself in a Pasuk and Chumash, in a Pasuk and Navi, in the way that the Avis interacted, in a Gemara, and you start to see it all over the place and you say that this is a certain light that is now reflected out in different ways. However, if you're just looking at the outer uh, manifestation of a particular halacha and you don't necessarily look for those patterns, you don't look uh, deeper, then you're not necessarily going to see that. So uh, as we go through these principles, we're talking about how we're able to introduce Meichen into the world, how we're able to introduce Shefa and godliness into the world, and how we're able to make ourselves into a Kli. The world is structured on a uh, on a framework of whether you refer to it as Maim Nukvin and Maim Duchrin, of Noisin and Makabel, of Ish and Isha. 
we're understanding this dynamic of how to create and generate that there should be a shefa coming into the world and how to make ourselves into a cleat to be makabal this. And now we relate to it also in the context of Yehudin and marriage and being able to uh, put oneself in a context for there to be children, to bring a makif, uh, to bring a makifin into panimis into the world and to keep that shefa loki, that hamshacha going through the children. Now, when a person engages in marrying and having children, then they're, uh, they're creating a hechetimzit to bring a hamshacha of shef into the world. When a person does not, and there's a whole note over here that we're talking about a person that chooses not to have children, if a person is unfortunately not able to have children, so then there's other tikkunim uh, that might be available, but a person that doesn't do this, then there's ultimately a process called yibum, where if a man dies and he doesn't have children, his brother is able to have a child, that will represent this hamshacha and this continuation of the deceased. And if the brother chooses not to do this, then there's a process called chalitza, where the widow will spit. The it would bring it would bring from Sharon, and sometimes the spit actually looks like the face of the deceased will spit at this brother who chose not to engage. In this process, and the spitting at the face causes certain embarrassment where the face becomes this color, it goes from red to white, which actually this farm say is also a process that's associated with pregnancy and childbirth, where the blood of a woman goes into white, it goes into the milk that's able to nourish the baby. So again, some of the, some of the parts of how this reacts are things that are hard for us to relate to, but be that as it may, we're now going to continue on and talk about the idea that Moshe Rabbeinu represented or Panim, Shefa Loiki, and that Miriam Hanavio, when she and Aaron spoke Lashon Hara about Moshe Rabbeinu, so this ended up being a Pagam of the Shefa Loiki, which required that Miriam got Tsaras, and we're going to now see this framework play itself out in this story in the Torah. So in Parshish Ba'aloischa, in Parakid Bays, Miriam and Aaron speak about a certain issue about Moshe, and there's a, there's a whole sefer, Zechar Miriam. Chavetz Chaim has five sefarim on Lashon Harish. Mir's Lashon Chavetz Chaim, one of them is called Zechar Miriam, uh, and he discusses uh, he discusses this idea, but afterwards, HaKadosh Baruch Hu suddenly says, Vayom Rashem Pisayim El Moshe Vel Aaron Vel Miriam. HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam, and he tells them to come out of the Ayol Ma'ed, and explains essentially that the Nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu is profoundly different from other Nevi'im, from Aaron and Miriam, uh, and essentially tells them, that they, they had no place speaking against Maish Rabbeinu. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu's anger, as it were, Vayichar Af Hashem Bam Vayelach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's anger flares up against Miriam and Aaron, and before Hashem talk about whether Aaron HaKain uh, also got Saras, Miriam at this point gets Saras, but Aaron HaKain either did and immediately was healed because of the of the Kahun, or he doesn't because Miriam spoke first. Okay, the Mepharshim talk about it, and Arnakain says to Moshe, and he implores on behalf of Miriam, and Moshe Rabbeinu Davins, what the Gemara calls a short tefillah, five words, Kel, Na, Rafa, Na, La. Uh, parenthetically, perhaps we could suggest sometimes you're diving for somebody, you don't know their name over here, Moshe Rabbeinu certainly knew Miriam's name, Miriam Basio Chaved, and we see a very effective five-word tefillah, Kelna, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please, Rafat na la, please heal her. And at this point, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, If her father had been angry at her and spat before her, then she would she not be ashamed to see him for seven days. So Miriam should be quarantined outside the camp for seven days. And uh, until she was brought back in, the nation did not journey. And now we're going to go a few lines into paragraph Vav. So this idea that we said by Misa Miriam, that Miriam Hanavia said Lashon Hara against Maish Rabbeinu, and ultimately she got Saras, and Maish Rabbeinu davened on her behalf. And we saw, we said, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, if her father were enraged with her and spat on the ground before her, would she not be ashamed to see him for seven days? And therefore, if so, arousing HaKadosh Baruch Hu's anger, she should surely be ashamed even for 14 days, although the Gemara explains why uh, a certain idea of how Kavachimers work, that if we're basing it on seven days, it could be at least as bad as seven days, but we wouldn't make it any more than seven days. So the baseline that we're learning is that she should be embarrassed at least for seven days. There's a discussion about if she was healed right away, so whether she actually had a din of a Metzaira. The Gemara and Zvachim discusses it, but in any event, and therefore she's going to be outside uh, over here of Chaim Craner's note, mentions that uh, Miriam Hanavia spoke against Moshe, she was quarantined for seven days, because Miriam's behavior is as if it was a cessation of a Hamshach of the Or HaPanim, which was Moshe Rabbeinu, and therefore the same way that we said that the person the who did not want to do Yibum, so then he also did not allow a Hamshacha, he didn't do Yibum, and therefore he was embarrassed by getting spit in the face. The person that does not allow, does not provide and facilitate a Hamshacha into the world because he didn't want to do Yibum, he gets embarrassed by being spit in the face. So over here, Miriam Hanavia, as it were, is the one who was 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 in a position to dim the Hamshacha of the Arapanim, and therefore she got embarrassed. It says over here also, Rabbi Nachman alludes to his own daughter Miriam, who lived 1792 to 1822. She married of Pinchas of Velashisk. I'm probably mispronouncing that, and Cheshvin of 1805, which was actually about two months after this title was given, after moving to Eretz Yisrael about four years later, her husband passed away, and then she underwent Yibum. So it mentions over here, based on the Parparas Lachachma, that this is an allusion to that incident. So Shivas Yamim Daika, the, the idea of Shivas Yamim is not, uh, where does that seven come from? Hainu Bechina Shiva Ananim. It says that Miriam and had to go outside of the Ananiya Kavid, which we, refer, we mentioned is a reference to the mitzvah of Sukkah. It's a reference to the Shiva Neiros Amenoira, which are what provide for Aham Shacha, for one to be Zaycha, for the Shefa Aleiki, for the Makifin Shal Yoda Meir Pnei that through the sukkah, through the shivaneros, is how one draws down the Pnei and that's why Miriam Hanavia suffered embarrassment, and she was outside the Sheva Anonea covered. So now going back for a second to this uh, Yavam, this potential Yavam that was he didn't want to do Yibam, and instead he did Chalitza, Alkain v'yarkabafanov. That's why the widow spits in his face. V'hainu boishes panim because of the pagam and the bechinas panim that this yavam, this potential yavam, did not want to do yibum. 
he did not want to draw into the world a hamshach of the arponim that would have been had he had a child through the widow of the deceased of his brother. Therefore, he's going to get embarrassed. The spit is going to go into his face. And we also just associated that with the mice of Miriam, that in order to get arponim to make oneself into a cleave for that, a person is Makadish the Shiva Meneris, and it comes through the seven days we discussed through Kedushin, through the Sheva Brachas, so through Avelis. That's why we mentioned that Miriam suffered this embarrassment as a war lining up, also that she was outside the camp for seven days, but that's why this person suffers embarrassment to the face. Now, as far as Yibam is concerned, even though Yibam does provide for Hamshacha, but also it's not a complete Hamshacha, it says, When it comes to Yibam in a regular marriage uh, progression, so there's Kedushin and then there's Nesuin, the Kedushin is by Yibam, there's no Kedushin, there's a process called Maimar. Okay, but a mimer, which literally means words, so it says the Chazal said Yevama Nikneis Mimer Zeh Hefech Habayshes. The opposite of Baishas we're going to say is mimer. Bechinas Kulay Oimer Kavod. It's a pasuk in Tehillim that associates Oimer with Kavod. So the idea of mimer, as the Yavam is going to engage in the process of, which is the opposite of embarrassment, because we're saying that Arhapanim is the opposite of embarrassment to the face. So as the Yavam is going to do uh, what his part. In, in drawing down the hamshacha of the arpanim, so also in, as part of that yibam process, he also engages in maimer, which is associated with kavod, kavod chacham yinchalu. There's, there's another pasuk that Mishlei, I think, that it says that uh, kavod is associated with chachamim. Ultimately, we're trying to bring in the seichel of the arpanim, but we said also the makifin and the seichel panim. So kavod is associated with uh, with amira, but it's also associated with the chachamim. Hefech shel tikalim shavis yamim, and this way there's going to be a tikkun and bring down the arponim, which is going to be the opposite of being embarrassed for seven days. Just to point out, the note over here brings from Chaim Aran, Oist Hezayin. It's a little bit hard for me to understand. Obviously, Rabbeinu would not have wanted his daughter to go through this process, to die uh, from her husband without children, and go through the Yibam process, but there are certain spiritual realities in the world, and we're discussing how they're reflected, that it seems that through, uh, through his daughter's marriage, her husband, uh, the covet of Rabbeinu was uh, was somehow impacted, that uh, he was prevented somehow because of a hakpada from having a mitzvah and also really the wedding should have been in his hometown, and ultimately he ended up having to travel for the wedding, whatever exactly it means, but it seems also that there was a pagam in the in, in the covet of Rabbeinu, of the tzadik hadar, and ultimately it it, uh, it resulted in this uh, in this dynamic that we're discussing in a Yibam process, which ultimately co- uh, it allows for a particular tikkun for uh, for not bringing in the seichel, the arpanim into the world. So Miriam pagma b'chvayd Maisha. Uh, so Miriam she pagma b'chvayd Maisha. Uh, there's an allusion to this story with Miriam, who was the daughter of Rabbeinu, the Maisha, the tzaddik hadar. But we're talking now in the story in the Chumash. Miriam she pagma b'chvayd Maisha. Shehu bechina shefaliki. The Maisha Rabbeinu was the arpanim. He represented shefaliki. Rashi says that Karan, Karan, Arpanov, that Moshe Rabbeinu's face was shining, that the R was like shining off of Moshe's face. Upagma bebechina shiva haneirais that Moshe Rabbeinu had perfected himself his midais and all of these aspects that we discussed earlier. So Miriam Hanavia that said lashon hara as a war against Moshe, she was pygame in the shevaneirus kihuaya anav. 
the Pasuk in Mishlei says, Ekev Anova, Yeras Hashem, the Gemara says, by Moshe Rabbeinu, Yer Legabe Moshe, Milsus Zutrasihi, that by Moshe Rabbeinu, Yeras Hashem was something that was easily attainable. I heard once based on a pre Haaretz, I think, of Mendelevi Tepsk that when a person is very far away from a mountain, so the mountain doesn't look that big. It looks small. When you're very far away, look at the moon. It doesn't look very small. The closer you are to something, then the more awe-inspiring it is. Moshe Rabbeinu was so close, his perception was so close to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, then the idea of being totally awe-inspired, of having Yeras Hashem, that was Milsa Zutrasihi. It was obvious. The the closer you are to the action, the more of an impact it has. So Moshe Rabbeinu was an Anav Shafal the Savlan. He was uh, low in, in his own eyes. The Savlan is uh, able to be forbearing. I don't know if patience is, I think, the, the wrong definition, but to bear to bear a load. He didn't get angry over his disgrace. We said associated with Chaitem is the Midah of Yeres Hashem. So we, we just explained why Maish Rabbeinu being an Anav represents the perfection of the Midah of Yeres Hashem, which is Chaitem. That's the nose. Maish Rabbeinu perfected Peh. The Meshrabenu was careful to guard Saidais. The note over here brings a Zayar that says that a person uh, who is who's able to not be Megala Saidais, that's a ticken in the Aznaim, in the Udnin, before we associate the Samunas Chachamim. But what we see over here is that HaKadosh Saidashem Lirayav, what we see over here is that Meshrabenu was Mesake in the Shivaneiras. He represented Araponim. Going back for a second, this is why we said that Miriam Hanavia, that was Pagim, the Araponim, so she had to suffer disgrace, which we linked to the disgrace from the spit in the Yavam who who wanted to do Chalitza. He didn't want to be Mam Shechliar upon him. So the 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 embarrassment that he suffered was the Tikkun or was in place of him not being Mam or Elyon. So that's how we're getting to this. Bechinas Neman Ruach Mechasa Dover. Somebody who's trustworthy of spirit. So he is Mechasa Dover. Again, this is a person, Sayyid Hashem He doesn't reveal things. Kamuva Bezayar. So from the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu was Makadesh the Shivaneiros, he represented our Ponim, Shefa Loiki, Seichel Ponim, Nistara, so there was a Mida Keneged Mida by Miriam that she had Saras. What, what, where's the Mida Keneged Mida there? The Mitzayra does Segiru de Nahaira Ilah. The, the Mitzayra, let's see if there's a quote over here. Uh, it says Segiru the Saras the Targum of Saras is Segiru like closed up it's closing off the Shefa the divine light as it were are upon him we've been talking about Kamadat Amr Segiru de Nahira Ilah it says Hezg that that would, that would say to close off the the divine light Segiru de Tivu Ilah de La Nachis La Alma it's like a closing off of the uh, of the Taiv uh, the the Taiv Elyon that it shouldn't come to the world. But in any event, so this idea of Saras, based on the Targum, is representing a closing off of the light, and that's where the Mida Kenegad Mida is, that Miriam Hanavia, not just that she was embarrassed, but the Bidafka through Taras, Hainu Arpanim Hanal, this idea of closing off is talking about the Arpanim that would come to the world, that's why in order to be Mesakein, so, so Miriam Hanavia, who made a Pagam in the Shivan Eroi, says she had to be outside the camp with Taras for seven days.
now we're going to continue on with the conversation between Aaron and Moshe, which actually Rabbi Nussin is going to be some brackets, is going to explain a little bit further. But let's read it first. Vizesha Bikesh Aaron. Aaron Akoyin was Mavaki. She requested that Moshe Rabbeinu should daven for Miriam that she should be healed. And he says to Moshe, Al Notihi Kames, that Miriam and Aviyah should not be like a mace. The, the, the Gemara tells us that there are four people a blind person, a poor person, a Mitzayra, and somebody who doesn't have children that or oh, that all are in certain ways like a mace. The, the Rav Chaim Kramer's note explains it in the context of our lesson. A blind person is somebody who's not able to reveal the Ara Panim, the Seichel uh, Kadem. The poor person is somebody who's lacking knowledge. We said somebody who's able to bring Makifan into the world. A Mitzayra is somebody for whom we just said that the that the Ara Panim is hidden. And somebody who doesn't have children, like we said before, is somebody bringing children into the world represents a Hamshach of the Ara Panim. So Aaron Akayin davens that Miriam should not be like somebody who's dead. Asher betseiso merechem imo who comes from the womb of his mother vayachel chazi besaro with half of his flesh eaten away. Uh, we're going to explain again. This is hard to understand exactly. A person, a man and his wife represent the shlemus over here. So the person's wife, who's his widow, if there's a yibum situation, so his widow, who's really his wife, marries his brother, marries the deceased brother. Now when the deceased marries his brother brother's widow, and they're able to have a child, so the hamshach of the deceased comes as their child. So now, who's the mother of that child? The person that used to be his wife. So now, this person's not going to have a, uh, where's his wife going to come from? His wife now is, uh, the soul of his wife, as it were, is his mother. Again, very hard. We don't understand. Let's read the words, and we'll see what we can make of it as we continue on. But it says over here, sorry, I lost the place, from the fact that there was a closing off of this light, that's why Mitzayra is a Bechina of, 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 of a mace, of somebody who's dead. The Gemara we just quoted, that he comes out of the womb of his mother, because through this Yibam process, it's as if his wife becomes his mother. Again, to read the words, because the Nisham of the Mace is now coming out through the son of the one who's born to the original deceased's brother and his widow. And half of his flesh is eaten away. Why? A man and his wife are a shlemus, and now he doesn't have his a, a, a wife. The one who was previously his wife is now his mother. Can't marry her, obviously. Uh, in order for him to get married. Let's let Rabbi Nussan explain this to us in a little bit greater detail. Perish. A person that dies without children. His wife now needs to do Yibam. Or we saw if the brother doesn't want to do Yibam, then she could do Chalitza. But there's a Yibam process where she's going to marry her husband, her, the husband, the deceased brother. And through this Yibam, there's going to be as if a uh, reincarnation however you want to, to to explain it exactly but there's been this goggle the mace is going to come out through the son of the uh, of the widow and the deceased brother like it says in the Zayar it's a ime. What does it mean that his wife is now his mother that his wife is now his mother the there's a Zayar over here that 
I can't claim to understand. Originally, he was coming from a place of being a Zachar. He was uprooted from there. And now he's placed in the uh, in the universe of a Nekeva. Originally, he was her husband. So before, and he had a certain Shlita over his wife. And now it's his mother. So she has a Shlita over him. So now that he's on the receiving end, I think this is what it's referring to. Now that she has a Shlita on him, he's now in the Olam of the Nukva. Okay, and it goes on. But there's a certain Tsar that's associated with this process. Now this whole dynamic is off. He is now going to be born from this Neshama, this woman that was previously his wife. And the wife becomes his mother. So it comes out that this son, who is now born from the, the the previous husband, is now born from the Yibam process. The Zohar explains, well, you know, if, if there's always a baskol that a, a person who his wife is going to be, who shidduch is going to be, so how does Rachim, how does Tefillah help? Where is the shidduch going to come from? Okay, again, this is try to stay in our lane as much as we can, but in any event, this puts this puts this person in a tremendously challenging position over here. He started off having Shlita over his wife in the position of being the Zachar over here. Now he's in the position of the subordinate position. His wife, who he previously had Shlita over beforehand now has a certain shlita over him and in terms of whatever spiritual realm it's going to be very challenging for him to get married it says that it's a Gemara Ma'id Katan that there, there are times, the Gemara is talking about whatever context, that there are times that sometimes uh, a person who davens can be able to get a shidduch that he would not otherwise have gotten Again, totally different sugya, but as it relates to us, let's stay over here. Kizeb ben Hayavama, this son of the Yavama, of this widow, Shebe'emes who Bailash Yavama, really started off being her husband, Ve'ishto Nasas Lo'em, and again, the woman who was previously his wife now is in the position of being his mother. Ein Zug, there's nobody who is is uh, available for him to be a wife, potentially, because the one who otherwise would have been his exact match, he can't marry, because now it's his mother. This is what Aaron is davening for Miriam, plugging it back into the discussion. That Miriam made a pagam and seichel upon him. She said, in Moshe Rabbeinu who represented the aura upon him, who was Masak in the Shivanei, This is similar to the pagam of a person who dies without children, the same way that we said one who dies without children is without the opportunity to bring a hamshacha of the seichel panim of the makifin into the world. And that's why there has to be a tikkun of yibum. And if there's not that, then there'll be chalitza and the embarrassment and so forth. So Miriam also, by way of parallel, was also a, making a pagam in the ara panim. And therefore we said, what would be the tikkun for that yibum? But Aaron Akain was davening that Miriam should not, uh, should not chas v'sholem die without children and be subject to this type of a tikkun. Shleitei neneshes chas v'sholem ba'enesh that she shouldn't fall into a yibum situation. Vizel, and this that Aaron said, I'll not that she shouldn't be like one who dies, who comes from the womb of his mother, meaning the person that had that, that was nifter that ended up being the child of this yibum process. Shlotia kames. So Miriam had saras. Saras is similar to a mace, but at least by a mace who does have children, so then there can still be hamshacha of the makifin of the seichel panim of what the the shefaloki the ruach 
Kodesh that they brought into the world, we associate a Mitzayru with something very harsh, somebody where we quoted from the Zayru that it's Sigiru, that, that, that it's closed up the Ur Elyon, so Aaron Akayin was davening on Miriam's behalf that she shouldn't be in this position of closing off the Ur Elyon, similar to somebody who's Nifter B'loi Banim, somebody where there's no Hechetim, so that there's no wherewithal to be able to bring to, to bring a Hamshacha of the Shefa Leiki, the Ruach HaKadosh, into the world, Asher Mokrach Lotzeis Shainis Begilgal Merecham Imo, the the hard, the, the, the person that uh, does that, that is nifter without children, so this person ends up in a very difficult position. We said that there's a lot of tsar that they actually end up coming from the womb of their mother. It's as if they're only half a person. Now that it's going to be so much harder for them to find a wife. It's as if half of their uh, half of their body is consumed. Summing up, therefore. We have now tied in the story of Miriam saying Lashnahar Moshe and Aaron's tefillah to Moshe that Miriam should be healed from Tsaras, explaining this process that we really started off with, understanding that our job is to bring Seichel Kedem, Arponim, Shefaloiki, Ruach HaKodesh into the world, and that when one uh, prevents or stops this process, so there's a tikkun that needs to take place, and we explain this now in the context of Miriam. Paragraph Zion, we're going to go a level deeper. So now that we've explained that a person who's Makadesh, the seven entry points, orifices, interfaces of a person's head, the head being the Bechinas Menaira, and the seven Nikve Haraish, the seven holes of the Rosh, are the, the two eyes, the two nostrils, the two ears, and the mouth. This person can be Zeichet Teshef Eloiki, this Seichel that we termed Bechinas Kedem, that a person will be able to be Zeichet to the Saitis, a Torah, things that he would not otherwise have a relationship with, but he can make himself into a Kli to have this Seichel almost as or Ruach HaKodesh directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and this friction, this motion, this quickness, swiftness, will be Mishamein his lave until there could be a Shalheves HaLev, uh, that's Oile Me'aleha, there can be a flame that now is able to generate and uh, gain its own momentum. However, in our system that we've been discussing, this is only where there is, if you think about concentric circles, this is where the person is, let's say, in the middle, and then there's a makif that's directly the circle right beyond him, and the person makes himself into a kli, where he's able to now bring the circle right outside of him and integrate that. But if the seichel that we're talking about is not a makif, but it's makifin to makifin, it's something where there's even yet a gap that needs to be bridged, uh, and we're going to talk about this introduced concept called ibor, pregnancy, yinika, nourishing, godless, bringing, bringing it up, then there's going to be an extra, uh, an extra step that's going to be necessary. So let's see Zion, and we're going to do our best to introduce certain concepts that are our, uh, maybe our Makifin, or our Makifin de Makifin, right? Concepts that are uh, Kabbalistic and uh, try to bring them to earth in a way of avoda that we can relate to them and ultimately grow from. Vilif Amim, there are times, Yesh Shehamaychin Vahashefeleki Hu Behelam. There's times when these this meichin, this shefeloki, is not even at the stage of being right beyond a person. So, so one has to just make himself into a cleat to now take it one step inward. But rather, it's bechinas ibor. A bechina of pregnancy, which means that things are still behelam, it's hidden. We're not even ready for the childbirth. We're not ready to just make ourselves into a kli and have this seichel. Va'az yafetz ha'akal adam ben betfila ben betayra kishenis alim ha'maychin kihelam hainu ibor. 
So let's let's take a step back and unpack this, and then we'll see it back inside. I'm going to use the uh, the English note from Rav Chaim Kramer. He's coming off a Parparis Lachachma. And I'm going to read a little bit through the note just to help introduce these ideas, which I think layer very nicely over some of the introductions that we've given until now. The, 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 there are concepts in Kabbalah called Eber, pregnancy, Yenika, nurturing, and godless, maturity. So if we think about the process of pregnancy and childbirth in our world, the, the, there's a conception, the embryo begins a period of gestation that's within the womb, there's obviously no access, at that point it's completely hidden, and after months of pregnancy where the fetus develops and it ultimately becomes ready to be born, even after birth, however, it's still not capable of caring for itself and needs to be nursed and nurtured, and as the child grows and develops cognitive abilities, it attains a more mature intellect. Now, I've mentioned this before, I'm going to mention it again. This parallels a Kabbalistic process where we talk about certain partsufim. We're not going to give a whole introduction now to the idea of partsufim, but where Zah or Zer Anpin and Malchus receive a new Moichin, the Moichin are coming after a conception, as it were, created as a zivug between the partsufim of Abba and Ima. In our terms, this is parents, this is father and mother, but there's Chachma and Bina, there's going to be, it's going to generate a new Meichin that are going to come down into the lower uh, the, the lower levels, the lower altitudes of Za and Nukva. Now, one, one thing that I will point out is we have to be very careful and understand the when we talk about the mushal and nimshal, it's not that the reality of a system of conception, childbirth, etc., is in this world. The anthropomorphisms that we talk about, really, there's an ayin, there's a yad, there's childbirth, there's zivugim in this world, and then everything upstairs is a mushal. No, it's actually the opposite. I think we quoted earlier in one of the tirades from the Shla Kadesh. There are certain relationships and dynamics in terms of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hishabras of the world, which is the true Abba, Ima, Zivugim, Nurturing, Leda, Iber, all of these ideas, the way that those present themselves within our world are going to be in the physical ways that we understand these relationships. The relationship is intact, and it's just the presentation. Our world is really the mushal for the true Nimshal, not the other way around. So it's not, we're not saying that these concepts in Tyra are just the Nimshal. The relationships are abstract, and the way that we understand them is in the context of how they present themselves over here. So going back into the note, he says the concept of pregnancy of Eber, for example, is extended to refer to anything small that gets developed to a greater degree. This applies particularly to intellectual matters, which start off as nothing but a spark, need to be enlarged on, right? We talk about chachma, there's a spark of an idea, there's a, all of a sudden a flash, it's not based on something that came beforehand, then there's bina, maybe davar mitoch davar, it starts to become developed. As the idea develops, it becomes nurtured into a complete structure, but even though it seems complete, it ultimately has to be nurtured to mature, maturity, however, there might be plans and ideas that miscarry. There seems to be the structure of an idea, it fails to materialize. Sometimes it's carried through to childbirth, but it flounders afterwards, and others are nurtured through until maturity when they become realized. Rabbi Nachman over here is introducing the concepts of birth, nurturing, maturity. We have the Ibor, the Leda, the Yanika, the Godless. And really, this is this is a dynamic that every single person has to strive for. Every person has to move towards trying to incorporate the, he says, the transcendent intellect, right? But the makifin, 
the Shef Eloki, the Ruach HaKodesh, it's going to be it's going to be available there until a person makes himself into a Kli in order that he can receive. Now, in, it's interesting because I guess this is just me talking. Uh, we could think about things as being objectively uh objectively inaccessible, but there's also a certain subjectivity, you know, perhaps we can say. In other words, let's say we think about uh, something that has zero rational explanation. If you were going to talk to, for instance, a five-year-old, and you were going to try and explain a certain process, biological process, scientific process, an x-ray machine sees through bones. If you wanted to explain in scientific terms the science, physics, chemistry, whatever it is behind certain processes, it's essentially the same thing as writing down a magical formula. The reality is is that there's no bridge between where a immature mind or just based on intellectual abilities or based on maturity and experience, you went into the Amazon and you found a person that just had no basis of understanding any of the sophistication of somebody who had an education and you showed them, I don't know, any a ballpoint pen, an airplane flying through the air, that would be something that's totally inaccessible. It's something that's in the world of, let's say, Makifan of Haik versus Mishpat. It's something that, that that has no logical basis. On the other end, if you take somebody who understands the principles of physics, he went to uh, certain science courses and you explain to him how a glider works, how an airplane works, uh, and certain other things, it's not beginner magic. It's certain things that he might understand or he might not understand yet, but he understands that he's on a progression to understand them. So it's interesting to think about how certain things might be Shefaliki, Ruach HaKodesh to one person, but on the other hand, really, they're also representing themselves as stages of Avoda as a person moves through this continuum. So what to one person might be Ruach HaKodesh, only accessible through Ruach HaKodesh, to another person, it might be something that is accessible through Bina. And, and this is, it's just interesting to think about when we say that somebody has Ruach HaKodesh and sometimes it can mean different things, I guess. But one of the things that we uh, we spoke about in one of the earlier Tyras is that the, the world, like we said, is built on a certain structure. Let's say somebody sees something in current events. Something happens that seems not to make sense. A person who understands the structure of the world, that there's Ramach Evarim and Shasagidim, and there's a certain Shir Kaima, and it, things parallel different mitzvahs and parts of the body. And that person is able to understand there was a certain equilibrium in the world. That equilibrium, we might discuss this in Tarahay, but others also, I think, that equilibrium was now disturbed in a way that doesn't seem to make sense. And therefore, they link it to a... Uh, a disturbance that relates to a particular mitzvah, whether at a clolius level, whether at a pratius level, and there's a million re- th- reasons why thing happens. So to that person, is that Ruach HaKodesh or is that understanding a spiritual science? Well, to me, watching that person, I say that that's just totally Ruach HaKodesh, it borders on Nevoah. To that person, maybe it's not Nevoah, maybe it's Ruach HaKodesh, to the extent that we could discuss the differences, or it might be literally just having a a clarity and objectivity, a Torah mind, das Torah, where this person has such a godly mind that they can literally, they can literally see it. So, what does this mean to us? Why am I even mentioning it? For our purposes, on one hand, we could say, "Listen, this seems so abstract." I'm going to make myself ready. How am I going to draw that bridge? On the other hand, when we talk about readying ourselves as a keli. 
which we're going to see now that uh, what we can do is it's the, the Koach of Tza'aka in, in Avoida and Tefillah and also in Limra Taira. What we're really doing is developing ourselves in order to bridge these gaps, in order to make our receptive because we're not talking about something that's that's magic. We're talking about a spiritual system and readying ourselves where we can bring ourselves to be receptive to things where, uh, where we might not have just had the uh, the, the step-by-step process on our own terms, but we prepare ourselves into a kli that can be receptive to Ruach Haleki, to Shef Haleki and Ruach HaKadosh, and this part actually is within our control. For instance, Sfarim talk about, you know, when a person does avoda, a person, uh, a person davens tefillah, do we look at it that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is benefiting from our tefillah? The answer is no. Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants to give. This is uh, super bekitzer nimrods. Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants to give. The problem is, so to speak, for there to be a for a, for one who is in a position of being a noisain to give, there has to be a makabel. When we daven. The, uh, and it's a, it's a whole topic in and of itself. We are essentially aligning the pipes and making ourselves into a kli so that we can affect certain things within the bria and affect ourselves to make ourselves into a uh, in, into an appropriate makabel so that Hakadosh Baruch can give us. So yes, this facilitates that there's going to be an expression of malchus in the world, that there's going to be a hashras, a shechina. But what we're we're changing, we're not changing chas v'shalom. Or having any impact on the Ein Saif, what we are doing is lining up the pipes, making ourselves into a Kli, making ourselves into a Makabal that's going to be Rai, that Avoda is within our realm. And therefore, if Chaim Kramer explains the main theme of the section that Rabbeinu is explaining how the Tza'aka, the Tza'aka by, uh, in terms of Tfilah, the Tza'avayda, the Tza'aka in terms of Taira, how this is crying out to a Kaddish Baruch who is going to bring the Makif to Makif, the, the realm that we don't have a relationship with yet, into the stage of a Makif. At that point, a person is going to become aware of the Ma'achin, have this relationship, and be able to make him, re- him receptive, so that now that there can be a Leda, now the fact that he was Matar and Makadesh Shivaknaya he can bring that from the stage of the Makif into himself as a Kali, and this is going to be Bechinas, like we said, Seichel Kedem, which is going to uh, bring a Chamimus Halev. So now, back in the text, we said, Va'az Yafat Sa'akala Adam, the Bein Betfila, Bein Betaira, Kishenis Alem, Amaychen, Rav Chaim Kramer brings out that there's going to be that. Tfila and Taira are going to have their own structure of moichin that sustain them, a certain wisdom and intellect necessary for serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and when it comes to Taira, it's going to be in the realm of Chidushe Taira, but Tza'aka, crying out, which we're going to explore even more, is going to be beneficial uh, in either context in order to bring uh, these moichin out from Helam, out from the Ibor, out from being hidden, and bring it into the realm of Aleda so that it can become accessible. Ki Helam Hainu the idea of being hidden is a bechina of uh, still being pregnant. There's a pasuk, literally it is, the mighty one who bore you, you exhausted. Now the Lashon in the Pasuk, the one who gave birth to you was Tashi. I'm going to leave Tashi for a second, not translated. Vatishkach. Kel Mechoy Rashi says Teshi means Tishkach. 
which the way that Rav Chaim Kramer explains, this uh, th- this would line up with the conclusion of the Pasuk, and you forgot the Almighty who delivered you. Thus, the entire Pasuk alludes to forgetting or not being aware of the existence of Meichen. I will also bring that Rabbi Atia in his note, mentions another drasha from Chazal, who wanted to give, and we were machisin lefanov, we were not uh, ready to, to to receive. We made it that a Kodesh Baruch was not going to be kivayachal in a position to give. Since HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us uh, the ability to open or close, close the faucet on the pipes, depending on how roy we make ourselves to receive, it's as if kivayachal, we weaken Hashem. We close the flow of bracha coming to the world. Bracha, there's different uh, ways, discussions on the word what bracha means. Bracha, brecha is a spring. Baruch is also a knee. When we bend, we're machni ourselves to a Kodesh Baruch Hu. We can open up that brecha. We open up the spring. We allow that HaKodesh Baruch Hu, uh, HaKodesh Baruch Hu, bracha is also riboy. When we make ourselves not to a makabel, so it's as if we weaken the flow. That, uh, we weaken in Kodesh Baruch. From our perspective, that means that we're closing off the source, but that's our avoda. That's up to us. So teshi can mean to be weaker, te- a lashon of teshishus, of, of, of loosening. It's also a lashon over here of teshi. Rashi says vatishkach. So it lines up in our Torah. We will now translate according to Rabbi Atia. There's just so much depth over here. He says tsur is shechina, yeladcha is leida, and teshi is going to be like as if there was no strength, there was no kayach, it was weak, meaning that there's a woman who is ready to give birth, and yet it's as if she doesn't have the kayach to bring the the Ibur, or the Meichen, as it were, from the stage of Helam out into the stage of Leda. This Pasuk of Kayach Ayin Leda is actually coming off of a Maisa that happened with Chizkiyo Melach. that Sancheirev, who is the king of Assyria, sent Rav Shaka uh, to, the, to, to the siege by Yerushalayim, and Rav Shaka was saying terrible things. He was Macharif, Umagadef, and it, this was told to Chizkiyo. Chizkiyo HaMelech sent, uh, sent Menti Shayo Anavi to Davin, and he said this idea, he said this Pasuch, Koyo Amar Chizkiyo, Yom Tzara V'Toycheicho Na'otza Yom Azek, Kibo Bonamad Majbir V'Koyach Ayn Leleida, as if there's, there's no strength. Like a woman who is ready, would be ready to give birth, and she simply doesn't have the strength. The, what Rebbein is going to explain, the Shechina is this aspect, we, we've said before that the Shechina is like the stage of Malchus, when we talk about it in the context of Partsufin, Chesed, Gvura, Teferes, Netzach, Hod, Yisod, and Malchus. Malchus is the level of Shechina. Leis, Degarmei, Klum. What the, the Shechina is, is uh, the everything that came before it, it's now the ultimate Kli, and it brings it, it, it brings a Malchus into the world. It's able to, the Shechina is the Arav HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's Shechin in this world. So if the Shechina is not able to be Moilid, it's as if all of the pieces are in place, but they're still within the realm of pregnancy, and they can't be manifest. I know there's a lot going on, so we're going to sum up, hopefully, after we just finish this paragraph, but I, I do want to read a small piece from Likute Halachas. The whole idea of child of childbirth is paralleling the idea of of bringing Meichen into the world. This is why the world was created. But before there was any creation of the world, so then there was there wasn't a gilui, as it were, but there was 
Kulo is ein seif. The it says b'shvil zeh baruch Hashem is baruch ha'olam b'shvil who is baruch mekaimas olam akobish yishi is gale hamayach v'adas. The whole point is that there should be a giloy of das into the world. Sheyedu hakol ki Hashem hu elokim, which means that there's also going to be Hester. There's going to be a whole process, and the whole point is to bring about a giloy ki kulam b'chach masisa. It's a pasuk like the Zoyar says. The whole Bria so we should come to know a Kaddish Baruch Hu. V'alkein ha'hayladai sheba'olam midar ledar shezeu kiyam ha'olam ha'kol rak b'shvil zeh. This process that we're talking about, we are bringing about the entire purpose for that Hakadosh Baruch Hu created and sustains the world. V'alkein b'chol ha'hayladai sheba'olam nimshach v'nizgale is a das kafi ha'hayladai. So when we talk about this process, marriage, kedushin, childbirth. What we're actually talking about is a system that is bringing about and paralleling the entire idea of bringing Das Meichen into the world. And he goes on, he says, even Bahiladas Abahemais. The entire world is for uh, Adam, who's a Baldea and a Baalbechira. Uh, we refer to the beginning of Tyra Yudzayin, where we talked about Hisparus. So the entire process, whether or not it's uh, more to the surface, it's more clear how or less clear how, all of this is paralleling this bringing a Meichin and a Giloy of a Kaddish Baruch Hu into the world. That process happens at the level of Shechina, and where this can't, this manifestation is held back Right, we need to make ourselves into a kli, into a makabel to be able to do that. It's as if the shechina. It's as if it, the comparison that we're saying. It's a isha shetasha koychamilele. It's as if she can't give birth. What's the tikkun? Ubeshashi koyras lele rama shiva kolin. This is the zayar talks about this by an ayala, a hind. I think we people translated it that when the when this ayala. I think it may be a deer. That, that whenever when it becomes pregnant, it's as if its uh, womb closes up, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu prepares. There's a sefer called Cheshben Hanefesh. I think Feldheim prints it. I'm pretty sure he brings this over there as well. Hakadosh Baruch Hu prepares a nachash that bites this ayella in uh, in a particular place over there, and that ends up weakening up. It opens up the womb so that uh, so that this ayella will be able to give birth. The Zayar says, I'm going to read from the Hebrew translation. B'shoshem saberes. She becomes pregnant and it closes up. This Ayola cries out. She lifts her coil. Seventy words. And paralleling this, there's seventy Kailais that the Ayola cries out, and this ends up loosening up the Rechem so it's able to bring from the stage of Eber, of pregnancy, and it's able to be and hears these cries. What, where do we see this idea of Shiva Kalin? Because we're going to see that Mayim is a reference to Ha'alamas Hamaychin. And Tehillim Chavtes says, Koil Hashem al Hamayim, Koil Hashem Bakayach, Koil Hashem Bahadur. It says Koil seven times. And therefore, and since it goes up through the Shia, Kol Echad, Kol Me'eser, there's seven spheres of Chesed, Gvur, Teferes, Nesach, Hoyd, Yesoid, and Malchus. This cry rises up from Malchus, it rises up 
so to speak, going up until it reaches Chesed and Bina, which we said are really Abba and Ima, goes up to that level where it can inspire uh, the, the, the Meichin to come forth. Now, interestingly, it says in Likutei Alachas, I mean, it's just mind-blowing when you put it all together, says if where do the Meichin come from? From It says that... Uh, that's where the Kolashem Alamayim, the Meichen are going to come out through crying, through the Shiva Kailas that David said Alamayim. It says, Okay, so it, it makes a reference over there, but listen to this. The Mitzrim, Meitzar Yam, by the way, Mitzrim closes up. Meitzar Yam, Rotsum, Hefech, Hefech, Lahalim, Meichen, Aladeashloch, Sabonim, Alamayim. So, this whole process is paralleling Zivug and childbirth. What did they do? They wanted to take the children and throw them into the water. So again, we see everything, everything connects. Until the end of this capital, it starts It says, Kulo Aimer because Kavid, as we saw earlier already, is a Bechina of Chachma. And therefore, the cries go up all the way from the Halama, from where things are hidden in the Mayim, until it reaches the Chachma. And, uh, and it's able, able to be moiled the Meichen into the world. Okay, so I actually wanted to get the paragraph Ches, but I'm not going to. I'm actually just going to save so that we'll have a, uh, a way to summarize it at the beginning of the next year. But just to understand where we're holding, again, we see a certain process, a, a certain relationship, a certain structure that a Kaddish Baruch Hu put into the world. This structure includes a process whereby the, the, literally the purpose of the world we should be able to do avoda to bring ourselves as a makabel and create a hechetimza, create a wherewithal that there should be a pouring of shefa loiki and ruach hakodesh into us. This, for our point, was going to bring a shalhevis, an emotional, a heat where there's going to be a fire that can stand on its own. But this process about bringing mochen into the world and bring about a gilui, so it's an iterative process. It goes on and on. There's concentric circles. We stand, let's say, in the middle, and then there's the makifin around us, and the makifin, the makifin, which on one hand, you can look at it as being uh, out, where we'd think about pregnancy, you think of being from within. Either way, the point is that it's hidden. It's not even at the level where we are, we, we see it and just want to create that bridge, but it's not even at that level of makifin. How do we bring things that are previously hidden to a state where they're going to be makifin? That happens through tza'aka, that happens through screaming out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that happens through prayer. Once we're able to bring things from a state of Ibor into a state of Makifin, so then we're able to draw that bridge, even though it's a it's a circle outside of us, by being Makadish, the Shiva Kneam and Naira, that's how we can make ourselves receptive that will bring the Makifin into us, uh, creating that, that Chamim Salev. The other type of Seichel is, is things that we said are just Maven Dover, Mitoch Dover. Those are things where... We're able to take different pieces of information and then just work with them. Things we already have; those are just things that we know that are already within us. That's not uh, that's seichel achor, which we started the Torah with. That's not what we're referring to over here. We're bringing the process of gilu of taking things that we have no shaykhs to and and consistently building ourselves into a kli so that we can bring a gilu of a kaddish baruch Hu, uh, into the world. And we just actually paralleled Mitzrayim. We saw these allusions, these references to the water, to Yam, to Yan Hashem, Biyom Tzara. To the desire the about the Ayala, to Mitzrayim, just a, a whole trip through various areas of Kapitlach Tehillim and Mamare Chazal, where we see that this process represents itself in all areas. Okay, next time we will continue.